Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Starting a new series today called The Presence of Christmas or the Christmas Presence. If you know this old biblical hymn, you can say it with me. He sees you when you're he knows if you're, he knows if you've been, so be, maybe that's not a biblical hymn. <laughs> but I want to ask a question as we start the Christmas season. Have we convinced ourselves that the presence of someone who cares about us Have we convinced ourselves that the reality of someone who is with you in the good times and the bad times, have we we dumbed down the reality that someone is with us at all times to a child's tale? And have we forgotten that one of the greatest gifts in our lives is the fact that God is with us? One of the names that was given to Jesus, or one of the names that was used to talk about him, was Emmanuel. God with us. And so today I want to talk about one of the greatest presents of Christmas will be the presence of God. I'm praying this season you'll discover His presence in a greater way. Uh, Christmas is often a season of what I would call acute loneliness. If you've lost someone, maybe you thought you were over it. And then the holiday season comes around. If you have a loved one serving abroad, maybe they're in our military and they're serving overseas, and you think, well, I've kind of gotten a little bit used to them being gone. Not that you don't miss them, but it's sort of become your routine. But yet holidays roll around, Christmas rolls around, and you begin to feel a little bit more more distance between you and them than ever. Uh, I want to tell you today, Christmas reminds us, it should remind us that God is with us. In Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet says in verse number 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And then in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 18, says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But because Jesus, I'm sorry, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he, would save, he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Father, we love you. I pray in the next minutes of time that as we look into your word, that you would just penetrate our hearts with the reality that you are with us. Put a stamp on our heart. That says, Emmanuel, God is with us, and let us never forget it. Lord, I pray that this morning you will anoint me above my own ability to speak the words of God, the words of God alone. Open every heart, ear, 
an ear and mind to hear what the Spirit of God would want to say to us today, and we'll give you thanks for it. Anybody in the room said amen? I want to propose to you today that the greatest present of Christmas will not be found under a tree. The greatest present that you can experience this Christmas season is the everlasting, always with us, Emmanuel, God with us, presence of Jesus. If you leave, I don't know about you, but I have, how many would say I have received a lot of gifts in my life, right? And shameful to say, I'm not really sure if I was put on the spot, if I could tell you what I received for Christmas last year. I'm glad my wife isn't here this morning, because I might hurt her feelings. I'm glad my kids probably won't listen to the podcast, so, because I'm not sure if I remember everything they have gotten me, not that I wasn't appreciative of it. I'm just saying this, that the gifts we live, we receive in this life, they often wind up, no matter how great they are, they usually wind up in the city dump or yard sale, right? Most of the tangible gifts we receive just don't last. But here's the thing about the presence of Jesus. His present is the greatest present because it never leaves us, it never forsakes us, it never wears out, it doesn't have a beginning or an end. He was always loving us, always caring for us, and will always be there when we need Him. I don't know if you're a, I don't know if you consider yourself, how many in the room would consider yourself a people person? You like people? Anyone in the room say, I'm not a people person? Okay, we receive our warning from you. Some of you, you watched, yeah, you watched the movie Castaway. You see that guy on the deserted island and you think, that looks like heaven to me. Like a million miles from, from everybody. That's like, well, I got to tell you, Jesus is a people person, right? I, I, was, I, was, I read that the average American will travel about five hours or 280 miles this Christmas season just to be with people, just to be with people they love and people they care for. But can I tell you, no one has traveled a greater distance to be with you than the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that He left heaven and He came to earth for you. His presence, He wanted His presence to be with you. He came like no one else so he could be with you like no one else. So the few things I want you to get about his presence this morning. Number one, I just want you to recognize the, the gift that you've been given by his presence. Have you learned that there's a high value in just the presence of someone with you? Just the presence of someone with you makes all the difference in the world. I'll never forget, I had not been in ministry very long, and there was a, there was a, a gentleman in our church who was, who was near the point of death. And, and so I went out and I, I spent time with him and his spouse, and, and I would pray, and I would just sit there by his bed. He was, wasn't really able to co- communicate very long, but I would just go out there and I would just sit with him for hours because I wanted to do something. But I, have you ever wanted to do something and just felt helpless? So I'd go out there and I would just sit beside his bed for hours, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say. And, and internally, I was feeling like, man, I am, I am failing 
as a pastor because there I don't know what to do. And, and, and thankfully, uh, as I was sitting there one of these hours, an old, old pastor walked in the door who had known the family years ago. And I'd never met him before. He introduced himself to me. And as he was walking out, he looked at me and he said, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> and I was kind of honest. I was like, no, sir, not really. I'm just, I'm just sitting here. And he said, you are given this family the greatest gift. I said, what's that? He said, the gift of presence. Just being there. Have you ever had someone who just showed up and was there for you? They didn't have the words to say. They didn't have the answer you needed. They didn't have the money to change your situation. They didn't have the information you needed to change your situation. They had nothing tangible to offer, but yet they changed your world because they showed up. Can I tell you, Jesus will show up. His presence is a great gift for us. And as great as the presence of people is, there's a greater presence. And there's a greater gift, and that is the presence of God. You know, people will sometimes fail you. Sometimes people won't show up when you need them to. 1 Timothy chapter 4, I believe it is, the Apostle Paul, you can almost hear the pain in his voice. He says, at my first defense, he said, no one showed up for my hearing. Everyone deserted me. Have you ever, you ever felt deserted? You ever felt like you took the right stance for someone and no one stood with you? You ever feel like you did what God told you to do and no one applauds you and said everyone deserts you? I mean, Paul is in a place where he's planted a church, where he's got church people that should be rallying around him. But he says, when, when I was standing on trial, when I was trying to give my defense, I was standing alone. He says, no one showed up for me. You ever had a moment where no one showed up for you? But he doesn't just stop there. He says, but the Lord was by my side. Amen. The Lord was by my side. The Lord stood by me when no one else could or no one else would. Can I tell you, friends, one of the greatest presence of your life will be the presence of God because it doesn't matter if you ascend to the tops of the mountains like the psalmist said or if you make your bed in the pits of hell. The psalmist said, he is always with me. I cannot escape the presence of God. And that is one of the greatest presence of a lifetime. But the Lord stands with us. And I want you to know this morning, maybe saying, Pastor, what, what, what does this matter? Because the enemy, here's, here's the deal. The enemy wants you to believe that God is absent and not with you. The enemy wants you to think of the presence of God in your life as like the kid's song. He's just Santa Claus. He just sees me when I'm sleeping. He knows when I'm awake. He's just looking out to see if he can zzz me with his lightning bolt. He's just, he's just fictional. He's just a nice thought. But no, no, no. He's Emmanuel. Number one, he's God. But number two, he's with us. See, if the enemy can convince you that God is not with you, then you'll retreat when you ought to be standing firm. If the enemy convinces you that God is not with you, then you will experience loneliness with no relief. 
I'm going to tell you, you're not weird or broken if you feel loneliness this, type of year, this time of year. Matter of fact, I would say this. If you're going through acute loneliness during the holiday season, what that makes you is this, normal. But there's also a God who will stand by your side. There is a God who will never leave you and he will never forsake you and his name is Jesus. He's the reason we celebrate. If you, don't have a, if you don't have a true grip that he is with us, you will feel underpowered and you will feel an, unable to do anything that God's called you to do. If you feel like God is absent, your future will feel totally insecure and you'll be convinced that my commitment to God does not matter. But all of those falsehoods are conquered when the word says he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. I would just say this to you this morning. Stop living life as if you're alone. Well, could we all just admit that we act different when we're by ourselves than when we're with people? You know, I'm in this church. Not every day, but a lot of days I'm in the church. And if, if anyone's car is here, Addison's car, Danetta's car, Crystal's car, Pastor Dave's car, if anyone's car is here, I mean, I just walk in and I just go about my business. I'm just not really worried about it because I know I'm not alone. But sometimes I forget something. And I have to walk through this building at 11 o'clock at night by myself. And I can tell you I walk a little bit differently at 11 o'clock at night when the building's empty than when I do when I know all you're here. You know, when you're all here, I feel really secure. What's, it's the same building, but the presence makes a difference. Can I tell you, if you're going through a season of loneliness, if you feel overwhelmed by life, if you're being conquered by fear, if you feel like you are unable to do anything that God's put your hand to do, I, I just believe that your life can change this morning when you understand that God is with you. Number two, recognize His presence is for you. It's for everyone. You're not an exception to this gift that God wants to give. It says you're going to give him, you're going to have a son, you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from his sins. Luke chapter 2, the word says that this gift will be a great source of joy for not some people, but for all people. And one of the rebuttals I hear all the time is people will say, well, you know, God may love you, but you don't know my past. You don't know my problems. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done this morning. You don't know what I did recently. You don't know how far I've been, how evil I've been. You don't know what I said to people. You don't know how much damage I did. Here's what the Word says, that, that He is for everyone. Anyone who will call upon the name of Jesus, confess their sins to Him, allow them to, re, to remold or transform their life, He can be God with you. You know, when... when John the Baptist wondered, because of the issues in his life, Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Jesus gave this reply. He just said, just go back and tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear. But here was the real denoting truth. And tell him the gospel is preached to the poor. Tell him that what is being shared is not just for someone, but it's for everyone. 
Because God's redeeming power is for everyone. Anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord, they can be saved. And the, the fact that the good news is for everyone means it's for you this morning. He came for people like me, and He came for people different from me. He came for people that look like I look, and people that look nothing like I look. He came for people that, that I like, and He came for some people that I would rather avoid. Love how you're shouting now. Right? That's why our, that's why our kids give to BGMC to help missionaries go where they can't go because Jesus came for everyone. People that I'll never see have a right to experience the presence of God like I do and like you do. That's why our teenagers raise money for Speed the Light so that those who have never heard can hear. That's why you give to Kingdom Builders because we believe the gospel is not just for someone, it's for everyone. And when Jesus came to earth, he would say, listen, I'm going to be Emmanuel. I want to be God with us. I want to be God with you. I want to be God to anyone who will listen and turn to me. He's Emmanuel. He, he was, did you know that Jesus was Emmanuel before you even knew he was Emmanuel? Doesn't the word say that when I was yet a sinner, which means I was unaware of God's grace, I was unaware of the giftedness he had for me, I was unaware of what, of what true life could be. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. He was looking ahead to me. He was looking through all my mistakes and all my past and all my future and everything I would mess up. And he wanted me to know him. He's Emmanuel. By the way, he's also still Emmanuel today with people that you think are ignoring him. He's Emmanuel to your lost, lost son and daughter. He's still God with them. He said, Pastor, you don't understand my son. You don't know my daughter. She's rebellious. He is running 120 miles away from God. He's mad at God. She's mad at God. They've forgotten God. You know, he's still God with them. You, he may seem to you or like to them, he's God absent from them. But just like the Lord drew you without you even knowing it, the Holy Spirit of God is still drawing them. By the way, I don't know, this is, I don't have Bible for this. I've just noticed this. People usually get the maddest and the hardest before they get to give their life to Jesus. I think, it's, I think it's the same condition as when, when the Holy Spirit or when Jesus spoke to the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road. He said, hey, it's been hard for you to kick against the pricks. It's been hard. What's he talking about? It's been, it's been hard for you to ignore the voice of God that you've been seeing and hearing. The Apostle Paul, I mean, you know, he, got, he got more violent towards the church before Jesus was able to turn his life around. I'm just saying he's God with us. But he's also God with others. Number three, I want to challenge you to embrace the power of his presence. He's going to be God with us. The first Christmas, something happened. People knowing Jesus like you and I know Jesus, or people experiencing the presence of God like you and I experienced the presence of God up to the first Christmas, that had always been a future tense, an opportunity we hope for, a gift we hope we get to partake of. But when Jesus came to earth, the, the presence of God went from something they were hoping to experience in the future to something they could experience today. There was power with that. And by the way, did you know you still have the the opportunity to experience the presence of God today. 
Pastor, how do I do that? When I worship. The, the, the word says he inhabits the praises of his people. When I pray, right, the Bible says when two or three are gathered in my name, he's right there in the middle of them. I can experience the presence of God when I'm lonely, when everyone else abandons me. I can call upon the name of the Lord because he said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I feel so lonely, but it doesn't change the fact that he is still with you. I can experience the presence of God when I'm let down, when I'm disappointed, when I'm discouraged. I can experience his presence when I'm hurting. I can always experience also his, when I'm healed. I can feel his experience when I'm attacked. Matter of fact, didn't Jesus say, hey, when people are hurling insults at you, understand in that moment, you're more in alignment with me than any other, any other time. I'm just saying, realize whatever you're facing today, you're not facing it alone because he's God with us. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, when I read that scripture to you, when Isaiah gave that prophetic word that there will be a son, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When that scripture was first spoken, and let me just kind of take a time out, there, there, there's certain times in the word of God where a prophetic word is for now and it's for later. And there's a right now fulfillment of the word of God. And there's a later on fulfillment of the word of God. There's several of those in scripture where, where the word gives a, a right now and a later on. And when Isaiah said, there's going to be a son, you're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And he goes, Isaiah goes on to say, and by the time he's old enough to eat solid food, the enemies that are attacking you will be attacking you no more. Now, we know that without a doubt that when Math, in Matthew's gospel, when God proclaims that, that that was part of that prophecy being fulfilled there. But there was also an immediate because Judah was being attacked by Israel and Syria. And the king thought, there's no way we're going to escape from this. And Isaiah said, yeah, you're going to escape from this. Ask for a sign. And he said, I don't want to ask for a sign. I'll, if I ask for a sign, then, then that means I've got to depend on God. He didn't want to depend on God. So Isaiah says, well, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. There's going to be a child born, and his name's going to be Emmanuel. By the time he's old enough, these two armies that are fighting you will be gone. They'll be destroyed. And so Isaiah spoke these words, God with us. But he, just, he didn't just speak those words God with us, so that we would know that God is with us. Now, hang on. I know some of you are looking at me kind of crazy right now, but that's okay. When the angel told Mary that he will be called Emmanuel, God with us, it wasn't just so we would know that God is with us. It was also... So the enemies of God's people would know that, hey, God is with them. And if you mess with them, you mess with me. 
Did you know the enemy of your soul has been put on notice that as did you know the enemy of your soul has been put on notice that as a child of God, that God is with you? You are not some random person floating around on planet Earth with no agenda or no power tied to your life. No, God is with you. See, there's a difference between someone being in your presence and someone being with you. You understand that? Do you understand that? See, there are moments when you're in a room with a really good-looking young lady. And she's in your presence, but she's not with you. But there's other moments. Isn't it better when she's not just in your presence, but she's with you? You understand there's a difference between God being in your presence and knowing that I'm not just in the presence of God, but the presence of God is with me. Amen? Listen, some of you are settling for coming to church on Sundays or watching online where you can experience the presence being around you. But Christmas isn't just about you being in the presence of God. It's about the presence of God being with you. Do you understand that difference? Not just being where the presence is, but recognizing the presence is wherever I am. I love where, I love in the Old Testament when God was getting ready to show Abraham the promise he had for him. He said, just take off walking and whatever, wherever your feet take you, that's the promise I'm giving you, the land I'm giving you. Can I tell you today, when you walk out of this building today, it's, you should not be leaving the presence of God, but the presence of God is actually going with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So that should change things. That's why Romans says, what should, we sh- what should we say about these wonderful things? That if God is with us, if God is for us, then who can be against us? The psalmist said, if the Lord is on my side, what can man do to me? He's Emmanuel. He's not just the God that comforts me. He's the God that defends me. He's not just the God that that helps me feel better. He's the God that empowers me to do better. He's not just the God that lets me survive. He's the same God that comes up. He's Emmanuel. He's with me. He enables me to do more than I could ever do by myself. He's with us. And that helps me. I I read an account the other day about... Um, a famous statue, monument, whatever you want to call it, called Christ of the Andes. Are you all familiar with this? It's between uh, Argentina and Chile. It was built, I think, around 1905, if my memory serves. The two nations built this monument together as a, a, a work in between the two nations, and it was a peace symbol that they would never fight again, that uh, they'd rather have these mountains crumble at the feet of Jesus than ever take up arms. It's a great peaceful gesture. 
and it worked for about five minutes because about the time it was completed, the Chileans kind of got their feelings hurt that the back of Jesus was towards them and the front of Jesus was towards Argentina. And they thought, well, that's disrespectful. I mean, why can't we have the face of, of God and not just the back of God? And, and so the tensions began to rise out of what was supposed to be a peaceful symbol until finally a Chilean writer in the newspaper helped them get over. And he said, well, actually, you know, the reason that he's facing the Argentinians is because they need God to watch over them a little bit more than we do. I'll just tell you, I need God to watch over me. I need his presence. I need his eyes on my life. And I can rest knowing that he is watching, guarding, protecting me. Fourth this morning, I would encourage you to allow the presence of God to produce courage in your life. Matthew chapter 1 we read in our text, Joseph was um, thinking about divorcing Mary, thinking about putting her away quietly. He didn't really want her to be stoned to death, but he didn't really want to marry her either. Um, he didn't, basically it sounds like he didn't believe her much. But he had a vision from the Lord. And the Bible says when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. What changed Joseph from being a person who was, didn't believe what God was doing to a person who had the courage to participate in God was doing. I, I believe that you could say, well, he had a vision or he had a dream. I don't think it was just that he had a dream. I think it was that he realized, you know, God is in this. God is with me. God is working. See, courage is often simply the direct result of who we believe is with you, with us. Scary places become bearable if the right people are with us. Christmas marked a life-changing, unknown future for Joseph because he courageously forged ahead. And the Word of God, I know you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Word of God is full of challenging commands. How many of you do Love those who persecute you. That's hard. Pray for those who are in authority over you, even if you don't like them. Forgive those who have injured you. Love those who you might say is, aren't lovable. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. All of these are, the, the word is filled with challenging scriptures. And the only way we'll ever have the courage to apply and obey any of them is if we truly believe, you know what, God is with me so I can do this. I'm convinced that any moment we believe, you know what, the challenge the Word of God is putting before me is too difficult, it's too costly, it's too impossible. Those are moments we're convinced that God is absent. We're convinced that God is absent. So I want to challenge you this morning to allow his presence to produce courage in your life. Even Joshua said, Lord, if your presence doesn't go, we're not going. 
But when he had the assurance of God's presence, he went places others had ran from because he knew God was with him. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And we're going to close in prayer this way. Today, if you were sick, which I know there's a lot of, lot of our church family facing sickness today. That's where my girls are this morning. If you're lonely, if you're doubting, if you're disappointed, or if you are just spiritually stuck, I want to tell you this morning, God is with you. And he's with you to comfort you, but he's also with you to empower you. He is with you to delineate the difference between fact and fiction, between truth and lies, between a future that you think is insecure and the future he has promised for you. He's with you. By the way, if everything in your life Maybe you say, Pastor, you know, everything on the, outs- on the outside, what people say or what people see is perfect. But on the inside, you feel empty. On the inside, you feel depleted, you feel used up. Can I tell you, God is still with you too. He's still with you. Whatever the case is, here's the bottom line this morning. You say, Pastor, I feel like God is distant And God is far away. Christmas reminds us that he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And I am convinced he wants that to be a reality in your life. That you know that he is with me. Say, Pastor, today he just feels distant. But I want to invite him to be God with me. Would you just lift a hand real quick? Somebody, Pastor, pray for me. Amen. 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 Several across this room this morning. I want to ask if the entire church body, would you join me by standing today? And we're, this is about to be an all play. You know what an all play is? We all play, right? But this is going to be an all pray, okay? And, uh, my mentor in the faith used to, he used to make us do this all the time, and I hated it. But we're going to do it anyway, okay? So if you hate this, welcome to my world, but I think we need to do it this morning. If you are at all comfortable, I want to ask you to put your hand on the shoulder of someone next to you. And I want you to help me pray. And here's what we're praying this morning. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's the prayer prayer that that I've prayed dozens of times that I think we need to pray as a church today. A prayer that goes like this. Dear Jesus, as close and as real as the touch of my hand on their shoulder, be that real, be that close, be that evident, and be that obvious in their life. Be that obvious that you are with them. Why don't you pray for one another this morning? Father, I'm so thankful that you're with us. You're not God who's far from us. You're God who's near with us. 
And Lord, when circumstances declare your absence, then we understand that that circumstance is a lie. When people, when our emotions, when our mind tells us that you've forgotten us, Lord, our mind is lying to us. And Lord, today we're not going to listen to the lies of the enemy or even the lies of our own minor circumstances. But instead, Father, I pray that just as real and obvious as the touch of my hand is on the shoulder of the person next to me, God, I pray you will be that obvious to them, that your presence will be that real to them. And just as I sense someone's hand on my shoulder, God, I also understand that the hand of God, it never leaves me, it never forsakes me, it doesn't walk away from me. And when my feelings declare that you are missing, Lord, I'm thankful in those moments I'll walk by faith, and not by fear, and I walk by faith, and not by feelings, and what the Word said is going to be the reality and the truth that I embrace. So Father, I pray today that we would leave this place with courage, we'll leave this place with strength, we'll leave this place with a secure future and hope, because we know God is with us. God, you're with us. Lord, declare to our enemies that you are with us. Declare to our minds that you are with us. Declare to our doubts that you are with us today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, would you say these words with me out loud? God is with me. God is with me. Father, I just pray over the church today. God, I pray you'll bless them and keep them. Let your face shine upon them. God, I pray that as they leave this place, they will definitely never leave the presence of God because you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.